0: Hey, Robert. Hey, Ron. So we are, uh, I think, living in, in truly fascinating times. Uh, we're seeing, and coming more and more, to the realization that we're seeing the two really big moves in terms of technology and science happening kind of before our eyes, under our noses, if you will. Um, and and the, the consequence of these changes are going to be profound, and, and uh, we're going to feel them in, in, in the decades to come. And those those of our friends who may be a little bit younger than us will feel them even more than uh, than maybe we will or than I will. Um, but the two are you know, AI, we've talked quite a bit about AI and 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 biotech and and to some extent, they're related because AI is going to be used heavily in biotech or probably already is, but it's going to be even used more profoundly in biotech in the future. Uh, but but these are major life-changing, culture changing, I think, potentially technologies that, uh that again are, are really going to be profound in terms of how they changed the world uh, before us it's it's exciting it really is and it
1: it is a lot of what sparked our interest in ingenuism because mm-hmm. the neither of these two phenomena would have been popular would have been possible in the absence of the enormously greater level of connection that we have yep. globally uh, if you think about how these large language models are being trained, it's because you have access to basically everything that anyone has ever written in the history of the universe. Uh, and that's being added to very quickly because it's very easy now to, people are more inclined to create content when they have a, a channel to then uh, share that content with other people. Otherwise, you're just, if you're writing for yourself, it's, it's not that interesting. Yep. And then on the the medical side, you know, we've, we spent, we will probably be saying the same things a hundred years from now, uh, but we spent all of history in the dark ages, you know, not knowing, uh, and even when we thought we knew, um, actually generally being wrong. And we, you know, we would figure out stumbling through empirically, you know, how to, to manage certain problems. Uh, and then we would create a, a, a mental model about how things work. So we discover antibiotics, uh, and then that helps you start to think about you know, disease as something that's being imposed on the body from an external source that you can't see, but is, it's real and it's alive and it, it responds to particular treatments. Uh, or even before that, you know, we've talked about scurvy, and it's you know it's just such a fascinating story because you know. It, it, at a time where you have no idea why people are getting sick and dying, but it's really, really important. Uh, people tend to figure things out. You know, it, it was very ingenious to figure out that if you gave people lemon juice uh, on the boat, then they could, they would never get scurvy. You know, that for somehow there was some difference. Uh, but then, you know, you create a mental model, and if it's wrong, then you start screwing up later on. But what we have. And that actually happened with scurvy multiple times. You know, we lost the cure to scurvy because we didn't really understand why lemon juice worked and what would make it not work. But um, today, we're more and more starting to treat health and, and medicine as a digital process, which you know biologically it is. It's just a complex um, digital process. It's not binary. So when... You get to a point, and I think we've gotten there, where you can start designing treatments instead of just trying to discover them. Not only do you have the ability to get treatments faster, uh, but you also have a better understanding, so you're less likely to screw up. And screwing up has been you know, sort of the rule in um, health and understanding the human body for all of history. And so now that we're at a point where we're, we're starting to get a, a picture of how things actually work. And again, you know, 100 years from now, we may laugh at what people are saying in 2023 about how the body really worked. Uh, but it, it's really a like a phase shift. It's a complete game changer. And, and it's only possible because we have a connected world. No, there's nobody who could do this kind of extremely complicated, nuanced work in isolation. You can find penicillin but you can't figure out how you could design a general vaccine again, or you could find a you know a uh, the polio vaccine. But to design a general vaccine that works against a novel virus in the first moment uh, of discovering that virus, that takes a completely different frame of how science works, and it's really a global frame.
0: Yeah, and it's 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 interesting. I think what you described is that we we're, we're, we're starting to understand cause and effect in biology. Whereas before we were just kind of lashing out and trying different things. And most of the discoveries were to some extent by chance. Now we're kind of understanding the mechanisms that actually drive life. So so there's this amazing uh, article in the New Yorker. I just saw it this morning about fertility. And so it it turns out that this Japanese scientist, like in 2016 took a, 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 cell from a mouse's tail And converted it into a stem cell and then converted that stem cell into an egg cell and then fertilized that egg and then and implanted that cell into the mouse. They've had and completely healthy, healthy mice came out. Um, that is, they they literally turned an ordinary cell into an egg cell. And then last month he did exactly the same thing. But and this is gonna, some people are not gonna be happy by this, but he actually took the skin cell. From a male mouse, turned it into an egg and implanted it with a sperm from another male mouse. And basically they have babies from two men, right? Um that's like, whoa. <laughs> and and it's and they're talking now about, uh, you know, artificial wombs. They're talking about how do you, uh, of course, we know about editing, editing the the actual genes and their companies in Silicon Valley this is a scientist in Japan, we know China's working on on, uh, gene therapies. I mean, this truly is a global effort building, you know, one company builds on the knowledge created by scientists, created by other companies, and it's it's a constant build in in all these frames, in that sense, connection. None of this could happen without that.
1: And, you know, we talked about chip wars and the global supply chain for really, really sophisticated cutting-edge, microchips and really anything involving the human body or sophisticated treatments is the exact same idea. You're gonna have to draw from the expertise of many, many people. And if you're drawing from a large country, that's good. But if you're drawing globally, that's clearly better. We have lots of of evidence for that. And and the results, like what you just described is, I hadn't seen that, It, it is mind blowing. To think that someday, and not too far in the future, that kind of of engineering could happen, and it's cool for reproductive science. It's cool for um, curing diseases. It's cool for preventing diseases. Uh, There's a whole another area in in terms of of improving the the human species. Um, It's and it's all coming right now, and it is. It's solely because we've been able to move into this new phase of experimentation, because when you start to have predictable cause and effect, and you start to figure out in advance how you think things are going to work, uh, then you can be a little more aggressive in terms of, of testing things. I mean, we're still very, very cautious, and I'm not arguing right. that's good it or bad, yeah. uh, but it, it it is the it's still a fact. Uh, and it is it, it's still possible to move quickly because you know in advance you, you have a an, an actual legitimate model for how things are working. You're not just talking about humors or vapors or you know making something up that might might fit what you're seeing. You're actually seeing the genome and making specific changes that are designed to produce a specific result. We're still gonna have a lot of failure. Yep. Uh, and that's why we're typically testing these things on. Mice or on people who have terminal diseases, you know, where there's the the downside is small. But eventually, you know, we all the time make decisions that are to the benefit of millions or billions. And there's a small chance or or almost a certainty that some people will get hurt. Uh, And there's no way around that. You know, life is is full of trade offs. Every time you get in the car, you're making that that trade off between the convenience of, of driving versus the danger of driving. Uh, And the more we can reduce the danger into something that is is considered, you know, legitimately considered to be not even worth worrying about, like when you get in the car or you get on an airplane, uh, the more progress you can get. And to have, I I honestly didn't think we were going to see that in our lifetimes. And to have gotten here so quickly over the last ten years, it's really exciting.
0: Yeah, and I I I think there's a there's an argument to be made that this kind of Growth is exponential, and that we're going to see some pretty dramatic stuff happening in the next ten years. We know that from the internet. We know that from, from Moore's law. We know we know that these things can can accelerate and uh, um, and move much faster than our linear minds expect, right? Uh, but That's it's right. it's
1: it isn't something put in the way when when uh, enough people are focusing enough brain power on exciting new problems progress happens incredibly quickly and that's why when things get stuck in you know nuclear power is our favorite example you know when things get stuck and you're still living like it's the 1960s in nuclear power it's tragic Um, but when things move quickly and they're not centralized from the get go I mean that that I think was really what happened with nuclear power is it was a government project from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so it stayed a government project and stayed controlled by the government, but if, if we were to have the kind of experimentation and learning, you know, I don't know if you saw, but the first starship launched and then blew up.
0: Yeah. It blew up. Uh, I saw the video. It was really cool. And everybody it, cheered when it blew up. It is it is super
1: cool. And the fact that that is not like, you know, I, I remember the moment that the challenger blew up and yeah. that was a tragedy.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: and, and you know, we're just in a different place where we, and, and this is the exact same thing, but it's not that there's no risk. There's still risk, uh, but the risks are small enough that we can really embrace you know going for it and failing until things actually come
0: together yeah and failure is one of one of the ingenuism principles that we talk about Fa- you know learning from failure and elon musk and people like uh, uh jeff bezos have mastered the uh the skill of of failing to learn um, and uh and that launch was a real great example of that i mean they said from the beginning an achievement will be to get it off the ground. If we get it off the ground, we're happy because everything that happens after that, we'll learn from. And uh, they did. It, it, it was uh, it was impressive, and particularly when you think about, this is basically the rocket that's going to send people, definitely, almost definitely to the moon, and most probably to Mars. And uh, that's pretty cool. You're seeing the future right before you.
1: And if you if you're putting a colony on Mars, then you know, coming full circle. You, you basically need artificial wounds yeah <laughs> I mean there's no way to build uh, the well okay there, there is a way but it, it's extremely expensive and probably involves a lot of coercive uh, oversight but you if you want to have if you if you want Mars if you want to turn Mars into Earth you need a lot of people yeah. Uh, and you need a critical mass of people. Even though you are still connected to to the Earth, that connection becomes more tenuous. And you know, unless you somehow make it very attractive for a bunch of, of uh, young women to go to Mars and immediately get pregnant, uh, you basically need artificial wombs. And this is going to be something that that we're going to be grappling with in the future when this kind of stuff is possible. And it's so different from how what we're used to that there's, there's a tendency to react viscerally in a negative way. Um, and, you know, it's a it's a choice. Are we gonna try and keep in there? Are a lot of people who just wanna keep the world the same, the way it is today. Always,
0: There are always people like that. And they always have been, and thank
1: God that they haven't gotten their way or gotten their way more than they have uh, so far. Uh, but th- at that point you know we're going to be asking ourselves are we going to allow this and that's what ingenuity is, is so important because the the principle of ingenuism is you have to allow experimentation you have to allow um, people to apply their ingenuity in the ways that are the most relevant for their lives or else you, you just stifle progress and and by progress we don't mean anything in particular we don't mean Economic growth. I mean, we do mean economic growth, but that's not what we really mean. We mean the world getting a better place, and yep. the world getting a better place is to the benefit of all.
0: Absolutely. So, one of the things that that I forget who was it who was it announced uh, they've created this app that is the everything app, the kind of what we talk, we've talked about in the past.
1: Well, I, I don't think there. It was announced on Twitter, so I don't think there's just one. But you know, as soon as you you got. Chat GPT being flexible enough to uh, be able to to take inputs and then produce a, a coherent output. You know, you asked for it to to plan an itinerary for you in in Italy. I think it was. Yep. Um, then it becomes just a step away from starting to build up your preferences and having the app interact with the resources that are already out there, basically posing as a human being. Uh, And so I I would imagine there are dozens of these happening um, because it's another layer on top of what the sort of the core technology. But it was exciting to see that people are announcing and, and taking beta users, where you start having a personal assistant that handles basically all the details of your life that you don't want to um i have you seen the movie jexie jexie no Jexy no. um jexie it, it's a comedy yeah it's cute um but it it's and it's i think it's funny as hell it's kind of sophomoric but uh it is it is the extreme example of these movies where there's an ai assistant that then either helps make your life better or tries to kill you, uh, and Jexy's a little bit of both. Uh, but the
0: oh, this is the babysitting AI. No, that that's, that's Megan.
1: That's the okay, that's the, Megan. Yeah, that's <laughs> the death that to everyone except maybe not. Maybe they're actually, she's actually taking care of the kid. Yeah, uh, Jexi is a is basically a Siri, um, but more powerful and apparently a little bit um, defective. <laughs> uh, but the
0: I was like Siri. <laughs> yes, that's right.
1: Um, but the the process is that the 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 underlying optimization is to make the user's life better. That's that's how she presents it. Is I'm here to make you your life better. And of course, that goes in all sorts of wild different ways. Yeah. Um, and and the guy's life gets much much better. Even though in the end, it's not you know it's it, yeah his life his actual life. Yeah, it's just a funny movie. But the the relevance here is that having it's not just having something that takes care of your life, like it's not just having an assistant that that does exactly what you would do. Like if you uploaded your brain and then you had a, a yourself as an assistant, it's that any uh, AI assistant is going to be semi random. You know, and then that's the chatbots, they're designed to be semi-random. And so, you know, we get into this sort of rut in our lives where we're doing the same things, or we go to the same places, or we, because it's, you evolve to do a lot of of routine. Um, It's low energy and and it's safe. Um, But introducing a bit of randomness to your life, maybe not as much as Jexy introduces (laughs) to Phil's life. But um, introducing some randomness is going to is going to actually fundamentally change the human condition, and that's yeah. why I think it's so exciting. It'll save you lots of time, but it'll also throw things into your face, like you know that that friend who's always dragging you places that you wouldn't have gone. That's what the uh, the everything app is going to do for you.
0: Yeah, no, uh, uh, that is interesting. Some of us inject randomness into our lives anyway, but uh, but yes, uh, yes.
1: But you're pretty unique. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: Not not many people have visited every country on the planet. <laughs> uh, but it is. I mean, I I all of this. I mean, I'm every time I read one of these articles, I get super excited about what is possible in the future. You know, and particularly. You know, in the biotech stuff, uh, life is going to be longer too. So, uh, you know, we we might live to see a lot more of this stuff than we otherwise would, because of some of the uh, technology that's advancing. But there really seems to be a, a a shift here where these things are accelerating, and they all are there to better our lives. Whether it lands up that we have this digital assistant, and at the same time. Uh, We have the technology now to to really cure diseases and really fix stuff that 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 is broken
1: i think that uh as long as we don't screw things up and and i can't emphasize that enough yeah that that we we live in a time uh you know that that is both very precious in the sense that all these things are happening and can happen um, but it's also a little fragile. I mean, you you just look at the what's going on in Ukraine, you look at the growing tension between the US and China, you look at the polarization in Washington DC. Uh it, it's all a distraction from what actually makes life better.
0: And 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 that's what makes it so frustrating, is that when you see the potential for human progress, the potential for for the betterment of mankind. And you see this—I um, mean—distraction is a nice way of pu- putting it. Um, are, are people just wasting our time and wasting our resources, and potentially blocking us from achieving all this goodness? It—it uh, it really, it really is—is uh, is sad. It's very sad.
1: I, I think in history, you know, there people talk about the technology spill-offs of war, and it's true, but it's—it's it's not a feature. It's—it's it's a silver lining in a very dark cloud, because, you know, the more t- and ingenuity that gets channeled off into, you know, dealing with nonsense, whether it's regulatory nonsense, or, you know, violent invasions, uh, or, or just trying to figure out how to win some stupid zero-sum game, uh, it, it is, it's like a tax on people actually making the world better. Yep. Uh, and, it, you know, you think about, the tragedy of the Ukraine, uh, but it's also, and it absolutely is, uh, but it's also very contained uh, relative to what, what people have self-inflicted on humanity, over and over and over again. Um, so I don't. Uh, as a bottom line, if you know, we we could agree that there's certain things that we're just not going to do, because it's not to the, the benefit of humanity. Uh, we would be we'd be much better off but I don't see anyone you know in a strong leadership position that is mm-hmm. putting that stake in the ground.
0: No and that's sad because I, I mean I think it's it's this principle of connection which is so powerful in which this you know war and politics seem to be seem to undermine constantly uh, mm-hmm. and to some extent the tension with China and it's not it's not you know, It's China's fault. It's somewhat our fault. It's a bunch of people's faults, but the fact, you know, you're cutting off 1. 1.2, 1. 1.4 billion people potentially from this connection. Um, and uh, and that would be tragic if it would happen.
1: 100% agree. Uh, and, and so the same thing with um, the immigration restrictions yep. with, you know, things, things that keep people separated, that balkanized. It's not just the direct impact that you get more conflict when people are kept separate, but there also is reducing. It, it's hard to it's hard to quantify because it's something that's not there that could be there, um, but it is absolutely reducing what's available to all of us, whether mm-hmm. it's you know small things or cures for cancer. That's it, all coming out of the same process that is benefited from that benefits from connection and is stymied by keeping people separate
0: well what uh, keeps me positive is the fact that entrepreneurs and scientists seem to be able to overcome all these distractions and all this bs and move us forward and uh i keep reading more and more exciting stuff about the future so so i i i stay positive and uh, i know you do too
1: I do like the fact that, um, you know, longevity, having people live longer, healthier lives. There are a few environmental extremists who are against that. <laughs> but generally, people in power who tend to be old, <laughs> they're not um, inclined to get in the way of that. I mean, if if Putin could become immortal, I'm sure he'd be 100 percent behind that.
0: Don't don't read. Uh, never read uh, George Bush's uh biotech panel from 2002's reports on longevity it will depress the hell out of you um and you know (laughs) because that comes from the right and it's it's like some of the most bizarre argumentation you'll ever hear you know one of the reasons longevity is bad is because divorce rates will go up i mean you might be willing to live with the same woman for 50 years but 100 no way or the um, same
1: man
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so security will go bankrupt i mean just the stupidest arguments one could imagine and they have a whole list of them in this report where they come out against uh, against this technology but yes it, it seems to it seems to be gaining uh popularity it seems to the resistance to it seems to be falling apart even among some regulatory agencies there seems to be much more openness to longevity uh, research than there has been in the past. So
1: if we can't agree on on that, that we shouldn't all die. then uh, I don't know. I, I would be pretty hopeless that there's anything we can agree on.
0: Maybe we should just arrange for the people who don't agree with us to die and we're all upset. <laughs> it,
1: it should be an option. I'm, I'm all in favor of, of keeping that option open for people.
0: All right. Before this goes completely haywire. Um, <laughs> It's good to see you, Robert. Thanks, Talk John. next week. Bye.